Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast. And do we have a winner for you today as we dig into the benefits and how it's applied of FIBA three on three. We have master instructor, the highest level of certification you can get for FIBA three on three, Chuck Arnold on the show. This is some audio clips from one of our recent Coach's Edge meetings that we have. Chuck is an expert. He was influential in getting FIBA three on three to become an Olympic sport. He does consulting with different countries around the globe. He has high school coaching experience on the boys and women's side, not only in the US, but internationally. Hey, he's a Coach's Edge coach member. Got to got to throw that in as well. He's somebody that I looked up to for a long time. And in, in this episode, we just share some of the audio to get you thinking about not only playing more three on three with your program, but can you start to adopt some of the FIBA three on three rules that they use to help speed up the game? And in my opinion, make it much, much better for your players. So thank you to Chuck for taking the time to be on the Coach's Edge podcast. If you wanna join the Coach's Edge, go to coachesedge.coach to register. We are pumping this until the end of April, 2022. Uh, and then at some point in May, we're going to up the up the price so you, you can get it. But you want to get locked in at your current rate. All right. Thank you for joining the Coach's Edge podcast. Thank you for listening. We certainly appreciate you. Let's get to the show. So first off, can you explain, like you talked about the pace and that there's a shot clock. Can you talk about some of the rules of FIBA three on three? Because... I mean, it's, it's not just there's a 24 second clock or in some, I know, depending on where you're playing, it's even shorter than that. Um, so, you know, the shot clock, some of the other rules that make it so much different. So the game is the game is 10 minutes long. And um, but the, the clock, it's it's all FIBA rules. So the clock stops uh, every dead dead ball, every possession. So you'll find with the with the 10 minute with the 10 minute game. And at the pace that you you end up playing at, um, you'll find that players have tactical ways that they try to stop the clock because it, it gets gets them extra rest time. Uh, there's a 12 second shot clock, so that's that's the first thing where you don't have a lot of time to get a, get the shot up, and it's continuous play. So make or miss when it changes possession. So if they make a shot, the defense the uh, in the charge circle the defense becomes offense and the offense cannot go inside that charge circle. Um, and so just like a regular tra uh, transition game in five on five, you got to transition that basketball to clear the three point line before you can try to score again. So you got to do all that in, in 12 seconds. So great, de great defensive teams or great teams in general in three on three play transition defense. So as soon as they, they get that shot in the basket, they're up there right on the charge circle, trying to make it, trying to, get four seconds to tick off that clock to get them to cross that three-point line before they can score again. Um, those, are, those are probably the continuous play and the, the shot clock are probably the, the two most important rules that a lot of five-on-five -five players struggle. Uh, we had a group of G League players um, out at training camp um, with USA Basketball uh, trying to get a team formed for the America Cup. And those dudes, like when they first when they first played there, we, we, we started off with a, um, a short eight-minute game, and we didn't stop clock at all and just played. 
man, those guys hit that anaerobic level so fast and they were absolutely exhausted. And they were already, you know, in season in their five on five season. So when you think you're in five on five shape, as soon as you hit three on three, it's a, like I said, it's a lot of anaerobic activity. You hit those levels and, and your body turns to jelly quick. What are a couple of the other rules? How do you guys break down um, fouls and free throws? Because there's no checking after a made basket. Shot goes in, you got to get that basketball. You can dribble it or pass it. You have to get it outside the three-point line, and then you're trying to score all within 12 seconds. Um, say there's a foul, ball goes out of bounds. What are some of those rules? So you don't – there's no in, individual player foul, so you can't foul out of the game. It would be pretty hard to foul out of a 10-minute game. Um, but there is – like you get – once you get to that seventh foul as a team, it's, it's double bonus. And so you get two free throws. Once you get to the 10, if you get to 10 fouls in that game, then it's two free throws and the ball. And so I've seen a lot of teams that will, will be up six, six, eight points, which is a lot in three on three basketball and, uh, and get to that 10th foul. And that's pretty much game over. Cause you, as soon as they're just gonna keep driving to the lane, um, it's two fouls in the ball. However, I will say that the way that uh, the game is refereed and FIBA three on three refs, and even our US referees are some of the best in the world. Uh, they've, they've been highly trained by Glenn, who is uh, one of the world tour and Olympic referees. He does a really good job of training up those referees. They, they will be quick to call those first four or five fouls. Some of, those, some of those teams use tactical fouling as a strategy, uh, but once it gets to that sixth foul, <laughs> you pretty much have to get thrown on the ground to get that seventh foul. I want to start asking you about some of the, the benefits that you've seen of it being played, you know, from both the player side and as, as you mentioned, you coach and you see the game a little bit differently from being involved in three on three so much. Um, what are some of the, you know, if there were just two or three of the biggest benefits that you've seen from saying, you know what, more people need to be playing three on three, not just three on three, but not the Gus Macker three on three that you and I grew up playing, but, uh, three on three, you know, from like FIBA? I think the biggest benefit that I see that I always try to uh, sell coaches on is that it builds playmakers. Um, that's a, it, and it builds basketball IQ because you have to, when you're playing FIBA three on three, like you got to know, you got to know every position. Um, you got to know every move. You got to know every counter move. Uh, when we start working on the different actions, uh, playing off-ball screens, playing on-ball screens, um, everything. And you have to be able to execute it offensively. You have to be able to do it. You have to be able to guard it defensively. And there's no coaches on the sidelines telling you what to do. And so from that perspective, um, your players have to have a high level of basketball IQ to be able to function in the game because they, they're, they're on their own to make these, these high-level decisions for potentially winning uh, I think the prize money now for a, a world tour tournament is close to 40,000. And you could, if you win all those tournaments, you could, you could uh, be close to collect almost a uh, 200, $300,000. And so there's, and not to mention if you're in, you're playing the Olympics or one of the um, international tournaments, you got a gold medal on the line representing your country. So that's a lot of pressure on players that without a coach on that sideline to be able to make those decisions. So when you're playing and practicing, those are things that you're constantly working on. Um, and from a coaching standpoint, it, it can be 
it can be challenging because, and, and this is where it's helped me change my, the way I do five on five is um, you, you kind of, you got to let go of the reins a little bit and you got to allow those players to make more mistakes and to kind of figure that stuff out on the fly and to talk it through themselves instead of always trying to, to influence that, uh, what you perceive as being the right thing to do because they're going to have to do that in a game situation. Um, so playmaking, building playmakers, uh, basketball IQ, I think is probably the biggest one. And then um, one, of the, one of the biggest things that completely changed my perspective on the way I coach five-on-five five basketball um, is, is using the shot clock. Like even though that high school basketball doesn't have the shot clock yet, and I'm going to emphasize yet, um, I coach like it does. Like I, I coach every possession where, uh, and, and even in practice, we, we, we run our actions, we run our, pra our practice plan and, and the way we scrimmage as if there was a shot clock. We're trying to, we're, we're trying to always catch the defense on their heels. And, uh, and we want the defense to always try to catch up to us because of the pace that we're moving. And so um, I, I feel like when we play, three on three, the pace that we move the ball, the pace that we run our actions and then stack those actions on the other actions makes it extremely difficult for, for defensive teams to try to adjust, to try to scout and to try to keep up with that. What's the best advice that you'd give, you know, myself or someone else say, how do, you, how do we start to transition these kids into learning the style and the way to play it from a FIBA standpoint? Do you, do you do it? where, hey, we're not checking it anymore. Would that be like the first thing you do or, you know, shot clock or you even probably don't recommend that for, you know, little kids? What are your thoughts? So we, uh, the first thing, I, the first thing I'll just kind of emphasize what you first talk, talked about is like when we started, I did a lot of basketball camps uh, with coaches down with AU clubs and with our high school teams down in Texas. And then we started doing some youth programs uh, up here in Michigan and um, like it's you hit the nail on the head when you said like we don't even think about doing five on five stuff with those little kids anymore because in five on five it's very easy for three or even sometimes even four of those kids just to kind of run up and down the court and never touch the ball and three on three that that never happens it's impossible you're always going to have to play defense and everybody on the court is going to have to touch the ball and so from a youth developmental standpoint um, we don't even think about five on five. We always just play three on three because we want everybody touching the basketball. We want everybody um, participating and learning how to play defense. Um, so I totally, totally agree with that. And um, that's another great thing I love about three on three. Um, as far as like introducing it, when we first introduce it, uh, exactly what you just said, we start off with just playing regular three on three games the way that they interpret it the biggest difference is, is we don't stop so we i just tell them like like the, there's not going to be a whistle so as soon as that ball goes through the net don't touch it defense becomes offense they got to clear the three-point line we're just going to keep playing continuous and we'll even do we'll even start off with uh, uh what, we'll start off with, we play our one-on-one -on -one games the same way like we we play games the seven and uh, they they act, they hate it because uh, playing one on one uh, continuously to a game of seven is exhausting. Um, so we'll we'll do we'll play games like that just to kind of get used to them. And I you know the, 
truthfully, our, our high school team down in Texas is the, uh, is the only group where we actually got comfortable enough where we started implementing the shot clock. Once we start implementing the shot clock, it's when we start feeling comfortable enough where uh, we got, they're understanding the playmaking aspect of it. They're understanding the concepts of, uh, of the different actions we wanna see. And then, and then if that action is taken away, what's the next action? What's the next counter action that you're gonna go to immediately? If that's taken away, what's next? And so they're able to multitask in the process very quickly. And so we try to speed that up for them. And, uh, and so we'll add a shot clock. And, and when we add the shot clock, we just kind of keep it in our head. Um, and then we'll just kind of give them a countdown, five, four, three, two, one. And they kind of get the hint um, and they speed it up. And with our high school teams, in, the, in, in Texas, like you have, you have an athletic period. And so like we're training our kids during the athletic period all year round. And so when we get into the springtime, um, you know, we do our strength and condition, we do our skill development. But once we start getting towards the end of the school year, we're always doing three on three tournaments. And so during the athletic period, um, they're, they're a, man, it's a dog fight, man. They're getting after it because they want to win. They want to win that three on three tournament. And so every, every, I think every, um, every Friday for a month straight, <clears throat> we're playing the entire athletic period. We're playing three on three games. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I love the one-on-one -on -one aspect of that. Like I never even thought of playing FIBA rules, but playing one-on-one -on -one or even two-on-two. -two. I mean, that's talk about being gassed, but a good way, like even if you played for two or three minute game, um, that's, that's a really good idea. I think I'm definitely going to have to steal, steal that one. For the coaches that aren't in Texas and don't have the ability to, hey, we actually have like two practices a day because we have it in our, as our PE class. Maybe they're thinking like, how can we implement some of this stuff with our open gyms or some of the things we're doing in June and July with our summer ball? You know, what's some of the advice that you would give, give the rest of us on, you know, doing that? Like, would you say like, hey, if we're having two open gyms a week, maybe Tuesdays we go five on five full court and on Thursdays, everybody comes in and our open gym is, you know, three on three half court. I mean, I'm just kind of thinking out loud, what are some of your recommendations? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you find it beneficial, share it out with someone else. Five-star rating and review, that certainly goes a really long way. I know I appreciate it. If you're interested in learning more about CoachesEdge.coach, how we help basketball coaches and programs get better, more effective, more efficient, I think in a, a much shorter amount of time with the resources and some of the things that we offer with our videos, with our PDFs, with our monthly meetings that we have, please let me know. You can reach out to me, contact at KramerBasketball.com. Twitter is at CoachesEdge1. My personal Twitter account is Steve21Kramer. You can follow me, reach out to me if you have any questions on there. And I'll be sure to tag uh, Coach Arnold's Twitter link if you have any questions to learn more about FIBA 3-on-3, three three, some of the questions that you might have. Getting the wheels turning after listening to this episode, I certainly hope. Thanks again for listening and get after it today.